Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that boss next. Big jab there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. Oh, down goes Duffy O'Connor. Frank Mir does it again. Rock em, sock em, robots here. Oh my goodness. I believe there are a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Yellow shirt day, folks. <laughs> Producer didn't get the memo. 299 of these things. It's Sunday, May 2nd, 2021. It's episode 299 of the Anakin Florian podcast. If you're on the audio only only side, time to go to youtube.com. Kenflo, yellow shirt today. I wasn't going to change. We're matching. This is this is how great friends we are, everybody. You wanted to know? Ah. We don't even we didn't even plan this. We didn't even talk. Yellow shirts. Yellow shirt day. When we do shows on Sunday, that's right. Flex away, baby. (laughs) When we do shows on Sunday, you know, we're both sunshiny people inherently, not even so much, but uh, it's good to have you with us. We have a lot to get to. It's always nice when we do a Sunday show because the fights are uh, fresh in the mind. I went to bed at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, so I didn't see a second of the UFC main card until this morning, at which time I ingested most of it. I wish I had done so without spoilers, right? But sometimes it's a time budget thing, right? And uh, thankfully for uh, for me, those last two fights did not take up a whole lot of time. But it was a busy week for Kenflo uh, with PFL off and running, and another show this week. Uh, and you are you are in Charlotte, North Carolina. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, yes. Right now, for now, and then a couple of days later, I'll, I'll be back in Atlantic City. And then you just never know. He's not yes. going to reveal the zip code, but we're happy to let you know that Ken Flo is boots on the ground in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yes. And uh, so how was the PFL broadcast for you on Thursday night? I was watching the National Football League draft. I heard sure. on our channel we actually canceled Remember the Show out of respect to the NFL. You guys at the PFL did not do that, incidentally. <laughs> no, no, we did not. Uh, but we had some great fights, man. We had uh, some great finishes. Um you know, good to see some some UFC guys go over to the PFL and do well, and uh, that was the story. And um, yeah, man, had some had some great fights. How about the fucking Red King, huh? Rory, man, he's a killer. Hey, he's by bad. the way, in terms of the swearing, I heard from myriad listeners and viewers, and I appreciate your feedback as to whether or not we should cuss on the show. I don't want people turning the show off because of foul language, and right, that seems to happen on occasion. So. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to clean it up or not. I don't know. I'm just saying your your messages have been heard. Your children are uh, very near and dear to me. And uh, if, just 
Go ahead. Yeah. If the podcast turn, you know, goes to television, then maybe, maybe we'll think go. about it. Yeah. I consider this a TV show already. I mean, you just insulted right. our executive producer, Cody Merrill. Yeah. He feels like he's well. producing a television program. Thank you. <laughs> so my t-shirt, by the way, is Boston Marathon finish line inspired. It's a new alternate uniform of your uh, your Boston Red Sox. So if you like the t-shirt, uh, can't get it on anaconforiumpodcast.com, but uh, that's the the inspiration today. So speaking of inspiration, Ken Flo's new favorite fighter Probably was one of your favorites going in. Yuri yeah. Prohaska, bona fide UFC light heavyweight contender. Uh, he's like a wood chipper or something, right? I mean, you do not want to go near this man. I'm seeing all these professional fighters expressing fear on social media. A lot of weapons coming at you. Dominic Reyes, valiant in defeat. Great main event. Uh, didn't need coffee this morning. What were your thoughts on what most people saw last night? Dog. Dog, bro, bro. That dude. I told listen, I picked him before he fought Uzdemir. You did. And I picked him before he fought Reyes. And these are two fantastic fighters in Reyes and uh and Uzdemir. And, and and they had a ton of experience fighting in the UFC. Prohaska, not so much fighting in the UFC, but he's got a ton of experience outside of the UFC. And this is why, you know, for anybody who asks me, you know, hey, when should I go into the UFC? How much experience should I get? Get as much as yeah, possible. So right. when you're in the UFC, you are immediately ready to take on the best. And that's what Yuri has done. Uh, this guy throws so much offense at you, John. He's extremely exciting. You know, may maybe not the most defensively sound fighter, right. but I think he will fix that over time. But if you're going to beat him, what I love about it is he forces you to have to go through hell in order to do it yeah. and he trusts his heart he trusts his conditioning and he trusts his chin enough to get it done he is like a a less crazier perhaps more dangerous version of a tony ferguson where he's right. going to hunt you down and he's going to basically uh force you either to kill him or die in the process Married to the game. Uh, he's a layered martial artist. And uh, we had a handicapper, obviously, Dale, put your lip in here on the program. And he said a couple weeks ago, experience is the currency in combat sports. And to your point, uh, there's no overstating the value of all the experience that he has accrued. And there are guys who I think accrue the right amount not unlike Adesanya, and then they come and they're ready to essentially be champion. And, uh, you know, Jimmy Crute's not all that far off in this division, right? He, you know, a couple breaks here and there. Mm -hmm. um, but so it is a game of inches. And Dominic Reyes, I think, understood what type of fight he was going to have to fight. Right. I think he knew uh, yeah. he was going to be donating some blood and uh, that was the way he was going to have to win the fight. You know, he was able to get takedowns, but Yuri proved very strong in those situations. Uh, but Dominic Reyes, that left hand is potent, man. And uh, it is. he had a lot of success in this fight. It, it's it, dude. I mean, it's a game of inches, man. Listen, how many times have we seen Reyes hit other guys with those left hands, with those shots, and they're out sleeping? You know, um, with Prohaska, it just wasn't the case. The dude was eating all those shots. It's not like it's not like Dominic wasn't fighting a good fight. He was actually fighting a really good fight. Yeah, uh, Prohaska just would not stop, man. He would not stop. He's an absolute juggernaut, uh, and he was trying to kill Reyes. It's as simple as that. I, I love yeah. that attitude. I love his approach. He's a true martial artist. He takes this extremely seriously. Yeah, uh, yeah. He 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 might just be my 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 new favorite fighter, man. So the spinning back elbow to close the show, a nice capstone to. 
put on all of the work he had done up to that point. It seemed like the knockout at that point was kind of an eventuality and so much absorption on the other side for Dominic Reyes in terms of damage and, and the willingness. I mean, just a tough kid from California, man, just a tough, tough kid, skilled kid, uh, former football player, obviously pretty decorated uh, defensive back, but uh, just willing to take a beating and nearly got it done, man. Nearly got it done. No question about it. I, I think a, a lot of people, if you didn't already, I mean, you, you already had, I'm sure, a lot of respect for Dominic Reyes. But um, a- after this win, after this uh, fight, uh, an unfortunate loss for him, um, y- y- you have even more respect for the guy. He was fighting a great fight. I think that, you know, to his credit as well, how many guys would have survived that first round against Prasca? Bro, bro. Not many, man. I, no. I, I, only the elite. Only the elite. And Dominic was able to do that. Uh, big time kudos for him. I hope he learns a lot from this. I hope he's okay after that brutal knockout. Yeah, uh, it, it's always very dramatic and and violent when you see a dude get knocked out face face down uh, into yeah. the canvas. Yeah. But uh, man, what a fight that was! So for Yuri Prohaska, I was about to go look up the UFC light heavyweight rankings today. I don't even need to. He's championship ready as far as I'm concerned. Obviously, Glover Teixeira and Jan Bohovic are going to fight. And it's not out of the realm of possibility that Yuri Prohaska will be very close to even money. I'm not saying he's going to be favored against Bohovic were he to emerge against Glover. Uh, Imagine if Glover is, you know, 43 years old fighting fighting Yuri Prohaska. By the way, that hair, they're fine with that. There's nothing illegal about that big sword like, uh, I guess that's okay. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. You can't grab it anyway. So I, you know, uh, I think it, it would have been interesting if he started whipping that thing around to hit people with it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I was surprised at how long that thing was, man. It was crazy. A little samurai haircut. It was like the little thing in the in the back there. Yeah, I was thinking, man, that thing could be a weapon or could potentially be used against you in some sort of choking right. situation. I'm not your go-to guy on that. But when I play one-on-one with my twin brother, sometimes he's like, I'm going Guida, right? And he just starts just playing like a mother, right? Just hair flying everywhere because he's got his hair down his shoulders. <laughs> it's like, dude, get this mop away, you know? Um, Kenny has a lot of experience incidentally dealing with that. Uh, yes. right? you just heard him break their nose and then choke them unconscious. <laughs> I remember actually bringing Benson Henderson in for that fight. to kind yeah. of deal with that style and with that hair, the uh, hair, man, yeah. Yeah. the hair, making people put on a wig in training to try to simulate it. I don't even know what I was talking about, but I want to do a little bit of knockout of the year stuff just to throw out some names in terms of what Yuri Prohaska did. Uh, but real quickly, in terms of the light heavyweight pecking order and where you see him in it, uh, you know, he just plucked off two top contenders in a very violent manner. So uh, I don't know if you want to play matchmaker for us. It seemed like Dana White was was willing to give a title shot to whoever emerged in this main event. And, you know, this dude did with $100,000 in bonus money. You know, he might be fighting for the belt here in six months. He just might be, man. Um, I, I think that I would like to see him improve his grappling and his defensive uh, abilities on the feet a little bit more. I, I, I worry about him if Jan is able to take him down, right? Jan takes him down. It, it, it might be over shortly after that. But yeah. striking-wise, this is a dude that can defeat and knock out anybody in that division. I don't care how much experience you have. I don't care what background you have. Yuri is so unorthodox and so potent that he will take you out if you're not careful. Uh, and, and even if you are careful, he can also take you out. So good luck. 
Yeah, good luck is right. So fun to watch. My gosh, right? It's like awesome. you want to call people over. It's like my wife's disinterested. I'm like, honey, you got to come over here and uh, and watch this yeah. Yuri Prohaska cat. All right. So in terms of knockout of the year, right, I was going to do a little poll question today for the Anakin Florian podcast in terms of knockout of the year. But then there were just too many names. If you see a tweet sure. I posted out there, Ken Flo, I mean, you add this result to Corey Sandhagen and, uh, you know, a lot of the championship finishes like Dustin Poirier and Rose Nama Yunus and Kamara Usman and, uh, and Michael Ngannou. Chandler and Ngannou. Yes. And Derek Lewis against Curtis Blades, which might be, uh, a good choice. Kennedy and Zechiku against Carlos Ulberg. Dan Ige in 22 seconds against Gavin Tucker and your Max Griffins, Adrian Yanez. Uh, and then, Kenny, that first show of the year, I believe it was on ABC, you had that troika of knockouts. Alessio DeCirico against yes. uh, Joaquin Buckley. Uh, the Leech, Lee Jing Leong against Santiago Ponzanibio. And then Punahele Soriano against Dusko Todorovic. So, yeah, best of luck with your knockout of the year conversation. I'm just saying congrats to all the UFC fighters that have just given us so much highlights and so many highlights, I should say. And uh, I also stand corrected on Prohaska in terms of the the championship timeline. And it might be one more fight. I wouldn't mind seeing him in a true title eliminator that is called that prior. But September mm -hmm. is the fight for Blahovich and Teixeira. So you're talking 2022 would be probably right. the earliest for. Uh, right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, take another fight if you can, right. you know, get, get a good matchup train, uh, get better, get one more fight in the UFC, you know, maybe make it a, a fight night main event, uh, yeah. and, uh, get ready for the, for, for the championship fight. That'd be awesome. By the way, if you like the don't text and drive t-shirt at anicflorianpodcast.com, just wait until you see what Cody and I have cooking up. This way. I love it, dude. Just I wait. want one of those, by this the way. way, you may, you I may not when you see it's medium. Really? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what's a, you're a medium. Is that right? No, I'm a large, I'm a large. You're a large, right? So I yeah, buy a large up. and then I shrink it because okay. if I buy a medium, there is not a lot of wiggle room. <laughs> you know, if I want to have a 5,000 calorie day or six or seven. So, uh, Giga Chikadze over Cub Swanson, bucko three of round one, TKO body kick and punches Giga kick fucking out, man. I mean, Unbelievable. Cub Swanson is about as tough as it gets. I did not expect this fight to be one minute. And uh, Chikadze couldn't have done much more to, to maximize this co-main event showcase. What do you think of uh, of Giga's work? Giga's awesome, man. Um, I think uh, he is so precise with that shot. Uh, hit him right in the liver. Uh, you know, points those toes. Typically, you see that roundhouse kick come in the form of a shin that hits the body. Uh, Giga, of course, with that famous kick, he digs the toes in there. It's like a, it's like getting stabbed. Uh, you know, with 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 a, a big knife, and, yeah, and uh, he is right. so good, man. He's he's an absolute surgeon with that kick. Uh, and, and like you said, Cub is one of the toughest dudes in the UFC. He's not going to go down unless he's in some serious pain. Uh, and Giga is just, uh, just a sniper with it, man. Uh, awesome fight. Not a whole lot to it. Uh, this guy, I think, is ready for a very high-level fighter. Obviously confident. He's calling out Max Holloway, right. uh, the former champ. So I, I think that would be a fantastic fight, whether Holloway takes that or not. I, I don't think so. Uh, but who knows? Right. Who knows? Holloway is game for any challenge. But yeah. uh, I tell you what, that's not an easy one to pick either. With Based on Giga's striking skills, based on what he's been doing as of late, uh, it's all coming together for him, man. It's coming It's coming in the form of finishes. 
And uh, I, I think he's on his way to being a top 10, top 15 featherweight for sure. And we'll see what happens with Max Holloway. You have this delay with Ortega and Volkanovsky because of the ultimate fighter and obviously because of COVID. So if Max has an appetite to take a main event, he can have any fight he wants in that division. Not unlike a Dominic Cruz, right? Anybody would fight you. Um, do you remember the worst liver shot that uh, that you took other than obviously that time you and I trained together and I got you right but below, below, below the elbow there that one time? Uh, you went down so hard. but I remember it well, that, yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad you didn't follow it up. It was uh, right. brutal. No. Right. <laughs> True martial artist, you know. I respect it all, man. You know, the gentle art of jiu-jitsu. You got to be that. ready at all times. I, I slept on you, you know. That's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I uh, I do remember. I, it was a knee. It was a knee that I took. Uh, I, was, I forget who I was sparring. I took a knee, and um, I didn't go down. I hit it very well, and um, – you know, I think the, the rolls of fat kind of protect me uh, at times, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. so uh, it absorbs more than right. everyone. Everyone comes in with that six pack and it's like there's nothing. Your, your organs are not protected there. That's you got like you got to have a little bit of a, a, a I like the way you think it. I like yeah. the way you so, think it. No, but I remember it was uh, it was not fun. And like after the round was over, I, you know, took some deep breaths and I was like, "Woo, that was close. Yeah, Thank God for the clinch. Yeah. How about Giga Chikaze? What an incredible fighter. Perfect in the UFC, if I'm not mistaken. Six or seven and oh, I believe six and oh at this point. And uh rightfully calling for a big name. And you gotta think that he is gonna get one. Uh I want to ask you about Sean Strickland in the UFC's middleweight division. Mm. I believe he has competed at welterweight uh on several occasions, right? But right. another win here over Christoph Jotko. He's 23 and three. He was in a, a a motor vehicle accident, I believe a motorcycle accident several years ago that put his career in jeopardy, Ken Flo. But uh, it's hard for me to, to think of a guy who gets less love for for the overall body of work right now than him. I, I don't know, man. I, I was sort of going down a Sean Strickland rabbit hole before the show today. And uh, I don't know, man. I think this guy deserves a big fight. I'd like to see him in a five-round setting. He's tough as nails, man. And, and I think you look at his level of consistency that he's had. Um, he's fought some tough guys. Uh, he's certainly ready for the next level now. Um, and Jotko's not an easy guy to fight. And I think that uh, he fought him in the perfect way. Um, he's He just keeps accumulating experience. He continues to get better. Uh, and he's a tough guy, man. He took some shots against Jocko, kept walking forward. Uh, and is one of those guys that is is always going to be dangerous. And uh, I think I think we're seeing a much better version of him uh, at 185 pounds. He's not killing himself to, yeah. to make welterweight. Cody Stamen gave Marab Dwalishwili about as tough a fight as uh, as he's had. Uh, 30 yeah. to 27 on one card, 29 28 on the other two. Marab continues his winning ways. That's six in a row for him at 135 pounds. Uh, we're going to go live with Longo. Hopefully, Ken Flo can join us, but potentially not because of his travel. We are going to go live with Longo on Monday, hopefully around lunchtime. So we'll go deep on Marab tomorrow. But I want to get your thoughts on, on this fighter, right? Because if there's a knock on him, it's obviously that he hasn't put any of these six people away, I don't believe. But mm -hmm. loves getting hit, loves fight night, maybe has the best pace slash cardiovascular system in the game in any division. Uh, I thought he got tested in this fight. You know, I thought Stamen thought there was maybe a chance that he had won the fight. What would you mm -hmm. think of Marab's performance? And ultimately, what do you think it says about uh, his immediate future or his bantamweight ceiling? I think we saw a Marab that is an improved fighter. 
I, I think, you know, everything is kind of merging together right now as well uh, at the right time. Um, I think he hurt Cody a few times with his striking, which he really did. wasn't the case for Murab before. He was not really a threat on the feet. Um, and I think he's different because of it. Uh, does he need improvement? Sure. We, there's a lot of fighters that do. But Murab is getting better. He's getting better as a striker. He's getting more comfortable in the octagon. He knows what he needs to do to win rounds. And, man, that dude does not shut off for one second of the fight. I don't know if there's another guy in the UFC that doesn't stop fighting like Murab. It yeah. doesn't matter what is going on? He is hitting you. He is moving. He is trying to fight you and hurt you for every second of that fight. It's awesome to see. Uh, that's a dude as a coach, and, and Ray must be very proud of it. Uh, yeah. And it's why he probably has so much respect for Marab. But that's a dude that you know is going to fight to the end. He will never give up on himself. And I love that about Marab Dwalashvili. Uh, and that was a huge win over Stamen. That was not an easy fight. Yeah. Uh, and he was able to get the win over a dude who also comes from the wrestling background i had a 29 28 i thought cody won the second yeah but uh awesome performance from Marab. yeah his boxing looks uh looks improved it was a sure. third sorry i had i had cody winning the third i believe yeah so yeah but uh and for cody stamen right i think he had the right approach in a lot of respects he certainly went for it mm -hmm. like i think when you're fighting Marab, you have to figure out a way to separate him from consciousness somehow, some way, right. even when he eats a shot to your point, he really has this Terminator quality. Yeah. Ricky Simone is sort of the only point of comparison for me. Uh, I don't know, man. I've always said, you know, don't want to fight the cardio guy. I, I think he's a real threat. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's a threat. And, and John, you know, I think the next phase for him to start to work on is just cleaning up his submission game, you know, get his finishing game going. He's got one of the best in the business in Matt, Sarah and all the guys over there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, start working on his jujitsu, getting position, looking for his opportunities to finish. And if he gets that going, man, I'm telling you, yeah. that guy is going to be a big time problem and is setting himself up to be one of the best in the world. He already is. Yeah. But I think that next level is going to make him that much more exciting to watch and it's going to make him that much more uh, of a threat against the other guys at 135 pounds and that division uh, is just crazy it's a great call offensively submission wise Marab give give the Florian brothers a call Kenny and Keith <laughs> Keith right there in Boston too don't be afraid of Florian brothers know how to fucking choke you unconscious you know put guys away man I finish fights <laughs> All right, real quick before we get to the pronunciation of the week. So TJ Dillashaw suffered a cut in training. So this main event that uh, was getting me and a lot of people in Las Vegas between him and Corey Sandhagen is no longer. We sit here Sunday, May 2nd. And our VP of live production, Zach Candido, my boss, has yet to send a fight card. So we are six days out. I'm not... <laughs> sitting on a fight card i have a pretty good idea i got my fight folder here ready to go i have a pretty good idea of the direction in which we are going but dude gotcha. i don't have i don't have a fight card right now with tj dillshaw out seemed like maybe he was looking for a glue gun to try to fight but uh alas you hate when i say alas i don't really particularly like it. <laughs> i like alas i, I use it yeah, it's, it's a transition word but people are like yeah. dude uh but no it's really too bad for tj right i think there if he would have anything he could have done glue the eyebrow together he would have done to try to preserve this main event yeah it must have been a bad one man and, and this is thing these are things that happen i remember there was um probably like three or four fights in a row where i cut my big pointy eyebrow uh right. and fought with a you know glue in my eye uh a bunch of times it, it, it sucks it's annoying but after you do it once you're like ah, i'm fine but yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm sure tj's was not uh you know as 
probably small as, as mine. I, I, he yeah. must have had a really big cut and, uh, you know, required, you know, stitches inside right. and out. But, right. uh, yeah, that's that that's that's horrible. I was really looking forward to that fight. Man. Yeah. And uh, if you did not hear, I believe it was reported on broadcast Glendale, Arizona for the rematch between Israel Adesanya and Marvin Vittori the second week of June. Also, Davison Figueredo and Brandon Moreno uh, will run it back for the flyweight belt. So uh, championship doubleheader Glendale, Arizona uh, for the pay-per-view that I believe is UFC 263. All right. Time for the pronunciation of the week as we call on our executive producer, Cody Merrow. Cody, what's your middle name, son? Cody, I can't hear you. What's your middle Alexander. name? Oh, Cody well, Alexander. Cody Alexander Merrow, Cam. Backwards is Mac. Mac Jones, new quarterback for the New England Patriots. Yeah. I'm a camp, cam guy myself. But uh, That's clever. It's almost like you knew that. Cody, are you, are you one and two? Oh, you got a yellow shirt on like now. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Kenny wears a large. You said you buy a large and shrink it. Right. I just buy larges and make them look shrunk. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, right. that's right. If I you like flex, that. it fits perfectly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. first time. Uh, Cody, <laughs> one and two on the year. Does that sound right? Two uh, and some, two. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. I like two and two better. Maybe we just. Uh, I, feel, I feel like the the broadcast team kind of like was jabbing it to me on purpose on Saturday, like like John called and he was like, "Hey, it's Botelio," and if I hear one person, I did not. Did they go Botelio? I didn't see. The oh, button. it was bad. They were like Botelio. Okay, it great. was like the Modelo right. call every time. Oh, so that might be even a third loss. I mean, maybe we could have uh, our great intern Casey check it. Okay, we'll see. It's oh, a good man. dude right there. And uh, if we can't keep it track of the pronunciation of the week without an intern, right? It's like unbelievable. It's just yes or no. Very simple thing. But thank you in advance. Uh, really valuable internship here. In terms, of, <laughs> Actually, our intern is credentialed. He doesn't need it. All right. This man will face the crochet boss, Maurice Green, part of the main card this weekend. I don't even know the network this thing is on here. He's from Brazil. Uh, this should be a layup, Cody. What do you have for us on this heavyweight? So I love the crochet boss, and he's going up against Marcos Rogério de Lima. Marcos de Lima. Marcos Pezão de Lima. I think he, to, he didn't even do the Rogério, so I can, that could be completely wrong. Well, and you, you got that wrong. Let me hear him say it once more. Marcos de Lima. Marcos Pezão de Lima. All right. So, uh, Ken Flo, what do you have, my friend? Well, I, I think that what John is probably referring to, it's it's not dull Lima, it's D Lima. Is that what you're saying? Well, there's that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like the duh versus day, because for the yeah. the De La Rosa family, it's not Montana right. De La Rosa. It's not Mark right. De La Rosa. It's Montana De La Rosa. And for Pezao, it's Marcos Hoger. Marcos Rogerio Pezao de Lima. Uh, so, exactly. yeah, you got the day part wrong, Cody, and uh, it's not Rogerio. Uh, it, it is not that. So well, The uh, best part about that is, so Kenny goes, oh, so was there like one thing wrong? And John goes, oh. <laughs> 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 Beginning at the top. Here, 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 and here. But other than that, you did it. You so, got it right. Sassy yeah. John Anik on a Sunday. I will well, take hey. L and I'll get off. Heidi Dean is the one who coordinates these pronunciations for us right at the UFC. She's an avid listener of this program. So why don't you reach out to her and get a name and try to throw it back in my face, right? Just say 
give me the name, hold up the name and try to stump me. Right. Because again, I'm not like, you know, I'm not like trying to be on some pedestal when it comes to this stuff. If I don't have the access to the file, I'll probably butcher it too. I just enjoy the segment. Uh, you know, not trying to have fun at your expense at all, but, uh, no, that's, it's hard to, but that was not a win today. If you were hoping like to get this right and have it like improve your Sunday, that's not your reality. Well, John, I'll tell you, it's it's a win just to be on this program with you two fine <laughs> gentlemen. So that's right. I, I right. appreciate Always every moment. Thank yes. you. The lifeblood of the program there, our producer Cody Merrow. Uh, he could leave, and literally, this show would come crashing down. Collapse. Uh, yeah. All right. So we do have a UFC fight night coming up this weekend, and because the karate hottie Michelle Waterson has said on Instagram that she's fighting Marina Rodriguez in a main event, we are going to proceed as if that is your headliner at 125 pounds. Let's get to the main event challenge. It's the main event challenge. And the time is most definitely Florian. I finished fights. I'm going to do everything possible to win. The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. Well, you talk about the consummate team player. Is that a, I know in Florida, beach towels aren't hard to find. Is that what you're draped in, Ian Parker? Yeah, you know, I uh, I missed the email about yellow shirt day. I don't know the yellow <laughs> shirt. Right. Um, there happened to be a yellow beach towel unused under yeah. the table. So I wanted to be uh, uniform with everyone since you guys look so magnificent in yellow. Yeah. You know, I want to, uh, you know, just want to be part of the team. Well, thanks for the team spirit. Color wars in two weeks. So uh, get <laughs> fired up. Uh, right. What temperature do you keep your swimming pool at? Oh, I'm bad. I like it like a bath. I try to get it up to like 94. Because I'm, Are you I'm serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, listen, here, here's Dude. the thing I don't understand. See, people that don't live in Florida, they think like, oh, it's hot all the time. You go in your pool whenever you want. No. If your pool is under 90, the water is really cold. When you get out, the air feels colder. It's uncomfortable. So I like to go in as if I'm, I'm bathing. <laughs> so it's I get into that thing at like 94, 93. Oh, well, here, but when it's hot outside, the, the heater moves a little quicker, I guess. Uh, right, right. Yeah, that's how I am. I mean, I'm assuming, by the way, you were leading into that. You were hoping that I was going to say that because you probably like it hot also. So I have a million questions right now. Ken Flo, our late great boss, Anthony Mormile, who lived down yes. here before uh, passing <laughs> away, he kept his at 91 degrees, right? And it was a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right, Ian, everything you said about the air and uh, spot on. My pool's heating right now on May 2nd, okay? I'll tell you that. What does it cost you, though? Is it like 30, 40 bucks a That's day? That's what I'm thinking. Like that? uh, what is it, a day? Is that what yes. you said? All right, so I think the electrical company down here is completely full of shit because I will keep that thing off when I don't use it and I get like a crazy bill and then I have it on and it's not, it's very, yeah. um, I don't do the daily measure. I will tell you though, I mean, ugh, if you have it on for a week, it's a pretty pricey month, you know? But right. like, you gotta put in perspective. Do you wanna, I mean, my kids though are a little weird. I like, my daughter will hop the fence, the baby gate at age four, like a ninja and she'll jump in, doesn't yeah. care how cold it is. Yeah. My son will do the same thing. I get my toes and I'm like, oh, they're fine. They yeah. can swim on their own. I'm like, you know, I'm like, this thing's only at 88 degrees. This is too cold for me. And I'm not even joking. I mean, yeah, Kenny, I estimated when I lived in Vegas that it cost me about 30 bucks a day. I don't want to say this too loud, but it doesn't seem to register too much when we heat it down here for whatever reason. But uh, I'm with you. I like it uh, warm, you know, a little soft, you know, anyway, 
Uh, that's enough about that. Do you see, by the way, Ken Flo's in Charlotte, North Carolina now. You see that? Let me see this guy. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> you know what? Oh, I man. just, um, I see Kenny every day now. So I just assume he's living in the ocean that's resort. Right. That's right. Seriously. That's right. That's right. Kenny, you guys, Kenny, just... and I, uh, Kenny and I are responsible for a new nickname of a PFL fighter. I'm very excited about. That's and good. The guy does not understand the nickname, which is even better. I really think the PFP, the Parker Florian podcast coming to this channel, it just has to happen. So you guys can have even more time together. Ken only Flo. If only if we can do it from our bunk beds. Oh Ken Flo God. wins the week. That's three straight, hey. if I'm not mistaken. 3-2, shaves the lead to 54-45. to 45. As we come up on <laughs> UFC fight night. What is it, folks? Is it Rodriguez versus Watterson? I, I, I am proceeding as such. Looks like that's what it'll be. Michelle Watterson. And Marina Rodriguez, two strawweight contenders, moving up to 125 pounds. As of this taping, that is your main event. We've got four picks today. Ian, we'll start at strawweight. Amanda Hibas, minus 165 against Angela Hill, plus 145. Hill, the very recent win over Ashley Yoder. Hibas out since a knockout loss to the aforementioned Marina Rodriguez on Fight Island in January. How do you see it playing out, champ? Still high on Hebos here. You know, that last fight she got caught, uh, you know, I think she will learn from that mistake. And I think Angela Hill, who fights a lot still with the ground game, that's where the huge difference is going to be. I think Hebos is going to be a lot more hesitant to throw and to play it safe to get back on the uh, in the win column. So I like Hebos here at these odds. Ken Flo, Hebos Hill, man. Who do you have? I like Hebos here as well. Um, you know, her, her last fight was the loss, right? Um, yeah, it was. I, I I think that she really took a beating in that one. Um, uh, I'm curious how she comes back from that. Uh, you know, um, I, I think that she matches up well against Angela for the most part, but I think Angela is going to come out really aggressive early and try to test her. So um, I, I'm going to go with Hebos, but wouldn't be surprised if he'll want, but uh, I'm going with Hebos. All right, next up, huge fight at lightweight, fellas. Gregor Gillespie, minus 175. Diego Fajeda, plus 155. So Fajeda returning here, Ian, after what was just an incredible fight against Benil Dariush in February, old friend Benny Dariush. He had won six in a row, actually, before that loss. Gillespie on the other side was to face Brad Quake Riddell, March 20th. COVID-19, of course, contact tracing on the Riddell side, I believe. So Gillespie now faces Fajeda. Gregor's first fight since his first pro loss suffered at the hands of Kevin Lee all the way back in 2019. Ian Parker, Gillespie, Fajeda, two guys you know well. Who wins? I think the way to break this down is to look at how Fajeda lost that last fight against Dariush, and that was the takedowns, that was the control from Dariush. You know, when you're standing with Fajeda, guy can strike, he's got power. I just think that Gregor Gillespie is a better wrestler than Benil Dariush with better control on the ground, with cardio. You know, if this fight stays standing, underdog. Uh, you go Fajeda, but I just, I think that's where his weakness is with the takedown defense. I think he's too comfortable throwing a guillotine out there in a situation. And I just think Gillespie comes out the gate, goes right for the takedown and controls on the ground. So I'm going to go with Gregor here. Kempfo, what do you think? Gregor Gillespie, a near two to one favorite here against Diego Fajeda. This is an interesting fight. I, I think there's some value here on, on Fajeda. Um, I think that, yes, that was one of the ways that Daryush won. I think the takedowns were a difference and, uh, you know, Gillespie certainly has uh, better takedowns than Daryush, but uh, he doesn't have a better ground game. And I think that's where Daryush was able to 
um, kind of get get out of some sticky positions um, at times. I don't know if Gillespie is going to be as slick on the ground and be able to do what Daryush did and, and avoid some of the submissions. Right. Um, I I like I like Fajeda here. I, I think Fajeda is going to go for it on the feet, um, and uh, I, I think he's going to go for it on the ground. And uh, I think um, I think Fajeda is an interesting matchup, but I'll, I'll go with him for now. Fascinating matchup. Obviously, you reserve the right to change it later in the week, but dangerous fight for both guys. There's no doubt. Ian, how tall are you, my friend? Oh, that's a that's a terrible question to ask me. All right, um, I was just bringing it up because I'm sitting on a goddamn pillow right now. So. How do I look? Sitting you, 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 you know, it's like asking a woman her age. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm five seven on a great day. Okay, so uh, so he's five six on his driver's license. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm like five nine on my driver's license. Any chance I get to lie? With right, my, right, right. You should see me in high school basketball. I was five ten. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I used to sit on a nine x yellow pages. I remember back in the day, I was interviewing Brock Lesnar and. Uh, <laughs> They put me on a wooden block to interview Brock, you know, and it's like, really, I got to stand on this wooden block to interview <laughs> Lesnar, you know, he's a massive man. Anyway, yeah. you just sometimes you're hosting a podcast, you're sitting on a pillow and you get a little bit distracted as Ken Flo's giving me all this great analysis on Diego Fajeda. I'm sitting here in my own head. You're looking to be 43 years old. You're sitting on a goddamn pillow, not saying the F-bomb right there for all you children out there, by the way. And, and uh, how short I am or how tall I am. Was that like a feel-good moment? Aren't you like 5'8"? No. Oh, I'm 5'9", brother. 5'9". Yeah. Didn't know? feel that way when we saw each other two years ago. <laughs> Dude, I will. Seriously. I mean, I know you wrestled and all that. Like, get it? Kenny, he's been training for three days. He wants to fight everybody now. So I, for I, the I, record, oh, so no, I'm 14 <laughs> weeks into my strength and conditioning program for the record. Um, but that's wow. neither here nor there. Well, and also let the record state that when you come into this platform, you have to put in your name. Kenny says Kenny. Ian says Ian Parker. John says the Anaconda. John Hannick. <laughs> Today I it does. It. Today it does. First I time I've it. done that. First time I've done that. Anik. Kind. So uh, should we make a couple more picks? Should we do that, guys? Yes. Jeff Neal, minus 180. It's the fucking Neal Bowl, huh? I just can't help myself, you know? <laughs> I'm trying to have fun with my friends, you know? I don't know what to do about this swearing thing. You know, maybe our hand will just be forced if we get a licensing deal. Jeff Neal, minus 180 versus Neil Magny, plus 160. I guess this is going to be the co-main event, Ian, so we'll we'll need a, a, a round, a method. Um, both guys coming off a loss. Uh, Jeff Neal to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in what was his first UFC main event last December, and Magny suffered a main event setback against Michael Chiesa on Flight Island in January. Ian Parker, the floor is yours. I can see by Kenny's face he hates where I'm going with this already. I'm going to go Neil Magny by decision here. Uh, Oh, you thought I was going opposite. All right. I just think that with Jeff Neal, you know, coming off a loss, he hasn't fought in a while. And what we saw with Neil Magny against Chiesa, it was the only way that we, we thought Chiesa would win. And that's just not Jeff Neal's style. I just think that Magny's cardio will be better. I think that reach is going to be helpful. He's not going to want to engage in a brawl. And unless Neil can wrestle Magny the way Chiesa did, which I don't see happening, I just see the value in the underdog. And I don't really remember the last time Magny's lost two in a row either. So I kind of do like the odds here on Neil Magny by decision. All right. Cody, while Ken Flo's given his pick here, can you go to bestfightodds.com and see if there's any number on Marina Rodriguez and Michelle Waterson? I will proceed as if uh, Rodriguez is the favorite if we don't have a number. But Ken Flo, Jeff Neal, minus 180, Neil Magny, plus 160. Who wins the co-main event and how do they get it done? 
Okay. So for me, you know, Magny's one of those guys. Um, I, I never know what kind of Magny is going to show up for whatever reason, you know, like I, his approach in that last fight against Kiesa was just mind boggling. I, I, yeah. I don't know. And this isn't necessarily a knock on him, but the way that he fought him, I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you clinching with kids? You're right, giving right. him takedowns. You're trying to wrestle him to win. What is going on? So I don't know, man. And Jeff Neal, on the other hand, no matter what, no matter what guy he's fighting, I know what Jeff Neal is going to show up. This yeah. dude comes to fight all the time and moves forward. You know, despite getting the loss against Wonder Boy, I was still very impressed by his toughness and his willingness to do his best to try to adapt. I like Jeff ne- Jeff Neal here. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him try to mix things up and try to look for some takedowns here against Magny. Not that he's got the same kind of ground game as Kiesa, but I do like Magny here. Uh, I I think I am sorry. I do like uh, Jeff Neal here against Magny. I think he gets it done. I think he's got way more power uh, in his hands. He's got to watch out for that jab. And I think if he's done his homework, he'll he'll find ways to to get around it and get on the inside uh, and and score a lot of leg kicks. So I like Neal. Jeff Neal, how does he get it done? You go in decision. Uh, decision. decision. All right, there you go. All right, main event, or so we think. Marina Rodriguez, Michelle Waterson. So Waterson initially was to face Amanda Hebos. That was going to be Fight Island in January, UFC 257. Rodriguez stepped in when Waterson was out, faced Hebos, promptly knocked her out. And then now you have this matchup and given the short notice nature of it in uh, actually Ken Flo's leading the main event as the uh, the trailer here. Excuse me. So given the short notice notice nature of this main event, Ken Flo, it's going to be at 125 pounds. I don't know how that affects your handicap. I would also preface this by saying I don't know where either athlete is. I don't know if Rodriguez is in the States now from Brazil. I don't know if Watterson has been training. So you guys are being asked to handicap this without a whole lot of information early on fight week. Uh, Ken, will lead us off. What do you have on the uh, proposed main event here? This is an interesting one. I, I think that um, Watterson has a great sidekick. She's got some, you know, slick tricks on her feet. But I, I think what she needs to do to win this fight is, is pretty easy. She's got to put uh, Rodriguez on her back. That's the way she wins this fight. Um, and Rodriguez, I think, right, is going to have uh, a big reach advantage. She's going to be the taller woman out there. Uh, she's going to be able to try to keep uh, Watterson on the outside for a long time. I think she, if she's able to do that, she wins this fight. Um, it, this is a tough one for me to call, but I, I do like Rodriguez here. Um, I, I think that she will find a way uh, to win this one. Uh, and, and it will be five rounds. Is that correct with this, with these ladies or it will be five. Okay. Oh man. It gets even trickier. Doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) And, and we don't have odds. Is that right? (laughs) So Rodriguez minus 155 or so Waterson plus 135. And we can adjust that accordingly. I like to look in an actual sports book and see it before passing it off to the masses. Uh, you know, I like to look at, all right, if I click this box, I can actually play it right now. And I have not seen it, uh, in all of the different places where I place my bets. So, but yeah, Ken, I mean, you know, we need a selection here, you know, we need a selection. Uh, all right, let me do, let me do this. Let's go with, uh, round two there. TKO. 
Rodriguez. But I might right. switch things up. Okay? Yeah, I well, might you, switch you, things you, up. I mean, but you, I'm going round two, Rodriguez. I, I, I think she's she's a devastating striker, man. And uh, I, I think that that height disadvantage for Watterson is going to be tough. But, you know, Watterson could definitely win this fight. She's got to take it to the to the ground, though. Focus on the Premier Fighters League Thursday night. Is that with a piece of professional fighters league on wow. Thursday? Joking around. <laughs> and then if you want to change your selections by Saturday, you can uh, feel free to do so. All right. Ian, just keeping you on your toes here on a Sunday morning. Uh, Ian, what do you think about this main event? And and I guess I would ask you, as somebody who is constantly betting these fights, are you waiting for more information to to handicap this thing? I mean, we really, I mean, social media is a little bit of a lens through which you can gain something, but I don't even know, you know, if either fighter has been in camp. I mean, if you're telling me Rodriguez is not even in the country yet, that's a Well, I know I'm not. I'm not. I, no, 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 I know I, I'm saying, but don't know. Not, that's a factor. No. Like now that she may not like be in her basement still is definitely a problem. Um, well, you know, she could be in her kitchen or her gym. I mean, she doesn't have to be in her basement, you know? I guess that was a little bit weird, but yeah. That's right, right, right. Or, sure. As you were, cool, as you were. Cool and 93 degrees, it doesn't matter. But, right, uh, right. you know, you know, the thing is, especially at a catchweight, Waterson's already small for the weight class she fights in. Size is going to be a problem for her, and she's fighting someone to Kenny's point. She doesn't get this fight to the ground. She's in trouble. Uh, we saw Amanda Hebos get into the ground. Rodriguez got back up, and then we saw her stop takedowns, and then we saw how devastating her striking was. You know, I don't know Rodriguez though in a five round fight. We've seen Waterson do it multiple times mm-hmm. with a lot of output. I just I don't know if that sidekick's gonna work in this fight. I don't know if that's gonna save her. I don't know if it's setting anything up, you know, for her in this fight with the way Rodriguez comes forward. So I like Rodriguez. Waterson's also very tough to put out. So I think if she's gonna finish it, it would be closer to the fourth round. So I'll go TKO fourth round for Rodriguez. Um man, it's this is uh an interesting main event. You know, but I think after that Hebos win, you got to think that she's putting it all together with the takedown defense because if she yeah. people stand up with her, she's a problem. It's a tricky thing because it just kind of came out of nowhere. It doesn't seem as though either fighter had any fight on the books. So right. I don't know. I look forward to talking to them over Zoom on Wednesday to have a little bit more insight for you. And, and we'll provide whatever I can uh, over Instagram leading up to the fight. Uh, all right. On social media, he is at Ian Parker MMA. Uh, for our listeners and viewers who want to catch you as part of the PFL broadcast, uh, where can they do that this week, my friend? This week on Wednesday, ESPN Plus, And then on Thursday, uh, ESPN, ESPN2. Outstanding, buddy. Great job. I love Ray Seffo. Don't get me in trouble. I'm just having a little fun with you guys. Okay. <laughs> I have it's I haven't even spoken to Ray Seffo the whole time yet. I, th- I think there's so much going on. Um it, it like I said, different experience. John, I give you so much credit for what you do. Now, even getting like the slightest taste of preparation and production. Um, I don't know how you do all the ad reads with production in your ear. Because I'm hearing it when Kenny and are doing it. It's crazy. Ian, you do, you do the exact same thing John does. It's the exact same thing. It's easy. It's easy. Oh, that's not even remotely close where I was going with that. I just meant for the little that I yeah, do. I know, I know. I was trying to break John's balls. Yeah, no, John. You, you, yeah, you make it seem so hard, bro. You see how easy Kenny does it? It's like nothing. I know. I'm telling you. Believe you me. Ken Flo could probably go out and have... Well, Ken Flo could probably go out and drink the night before, like a bunch of alcohol and show up and be fine. You know, I'm not good enough. I got to be a boy scout in my room, you know? Um, yeah. So, uh, all right, Ian. Well, uh, appreciate your contributions as always. We look forward to uh, to 
the telecast. And uh, we'll see if this is the main event that holds up for the UFC. Have a great week. We will uh, we'll talk to you next week. We got a big one next week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, episode 300 pay-per-view week. Ooh. So uh, we'll, we'll text you which, what color shirt to wear next week. Yeah, I appreciate it. Although this beach towel is uh, a lot softer than I expected. But uh, yeah, I'd like to, you know, yellow, yellow surprised me. I didn't expect both of you guys to have yellow at the same time. I get the Boston thing. Kenny, what kind of shirt is that? Is that a soccer shirt? This is Zarface. Oh, shout, to, <laughs> shout to MC Esoteric and Inspector. Yeah, yeah. Ah, ah, yeah. right? Got me. Let's ah. go. Got me. So let's go. I shall fade. Hey, thank you, Ian. Ian Parker, MMA on social media. Ken Flo and I can do a track at some point. I mean, we both grew up in the Metro West pocket of Massachusetts. At one point, both thinking maybe we might be able to become rappers. Maybe. I think we could do it. Yeah. Makes I mean, sense. I I used to have my mom drive me to Framingham to this. Uh, I think the store was called Hip Zeppi to get my hip hop clothing, my maroon Jinko jeans that literally would yeah. fit a three hundred pound man. You know <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? Yes, Cody. See, nineteen seventies man. What of it? All right. Before we go, <laughs> by the way, if you want to see Ken Flo. Uh, Thursday, ESPN plus 530 for the preliminary portion. Main card, 9 o'clock Eastern I, on ESPN. And I think we're on ESPN, yeah. Yes. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we're on ESPN, too. I think we're on big ESPN. And you're not Holy going God. up against the NFL draft, incidentally. This that, that's a good thing, so, yes. uh, I'll be yes. in my room prepping. I'll be watching. And, uh, of course, uh, the UFC fight night on Saturday. I believe ESPN, ESPN Plus. Uh, I don't know. I'll be in the building, I believe, with DC and Dominic Cruz. But uh, right. before I go, you know, I, I post a little video on Instagram um, about those of us who work in MMA, who do not fight, and our collective appreciation for those that do. And maybe this was just one man voicing it. But I said we because I just want to say to you and to Chris Weidman and to all the athletes, when we have a serious injury like that, right? Like I sort of go back to my hotel and it's not like this festive night. It's like, man, you know, I'm still making my paycheck. I can go for a run tomorrow morning. You know, my life isn't hugely impacted by the fact that Chris Weidman snapped both bones in his lower leg and it effectively, effectively changes the course of the next 18 months of his life. And, you know, sometimes I post a video like this and people say, oh, it's self-serving. Like, uh, that's not the intent. I'm just saying, like, I don't, put that risk forward when I show up to the arena. Right. I know my man, Bruce Buffer likes to say, we got to be ready for anything in there. Right. But like, and I'm praying a brawl break, breaks out. Like I want to get hit in the back of the head with a beer bottle. Like I want Mexico city. Like I want that to happen. But uh, I, I just want to say like to, to acknowledge the professional athletes that, you know, with respect to basketball players are not guarding a rim and really are risking life and limb every fight and every week. And, uh, you know, it's just sort of voicing my appreciation. So if some people took that the wrong way, I don't, I don't know really what to tell you. It came from a, a good, well-intentioned place, Ken. So thank you, Kenny. Absolutely. So thank Absolutely. you for being such a great <laughs> fighter and for putting, putting forth all that risk. So guys like me can feed my children. Seriously, you know? <laughs> um, you. All right. So, uh, <clears throat> 
that is going to do it for today, abbreviated episode. We will be back with you tomorrow, which will be Monday, May 3, with Ray Longo. We'll get his thoughts on Marab and Aljo, and we'll check in on Weidman. And next week, episode 300, uh, hoping to be joined by Forrest Griffin, Chris Weidman, a lot of things in the can, and maybe a special guest as well, uh, if Triple C will get back to me. Uh, I thought Triple C, episode 300, that would make some sense. But yes. trying to put together some special things for Monday, May 10th. And, of course, we will get you ready on that day for UFC 262. Uh, Oliveira versus Chandler with that for Cody and Ken Flo. Kenny, any parting shot for everybody? You want to give everybody your new address in Charlotte before we go? Yeah. Right. Here's my phone number. Yeah. Uh, you guys just hit me up. If you need anything, have any yeah. questions, I'm um, right. sure it'll all be uh, right. very positive and not negative at all. So. Did you have, did you, <laughs> did you have any fans in the building for uh PFL or no? We did not, not, not really. We, we right. had some, uh, you know, teams and stuff like that. They're watching and other people, but right. uh, I think that's starting uh, maybe next series of events. All right. Maybe. Well, as Sometime. I said, on, as I said on pay-per-view about Joe Rogan, loving pictures. I think the only one who loves pictures more than Rogan is Kenny guys. So if you, uh, <laughs> if you are going to an event, Kenny wants pictures. He loves germs. He doesn't want a fist bump. He wants a, a full handshake, a hug, a kiss is preferable. Yeah. I mean, um, he wants as much yeah. contact to show, <laughs> how, you know, so just his toughness and, uh, you know, I how, can barely, I can barely go to a concert. Like I, a lot of people want place. Like it's always, since I was a kid, like freaks me out. Yeah. But Thank you, John, for doing that. I well, and if I, if I could get a little serious on you, like just give the kid a fist bump, honestly. Like, bump your <laughs> fist, you. but you know. Um, all right, we got to get on out of here. 299 uh, episodes in the can. Thanks to our producer, Cody Merrow. Thanks to uh, to Ian uh, for Ken Flom, John Anik. Thank you all for uh, for listening, for watching. Tell your friends. And uh, we just want to just continue to uh, to be here for you, you know, week in and week out and uh, and give you content that will always be free no matter what. We will never put this behind a paywall. Um, and Militich, I love you, buddy. And, uh, you know, mass restrictions are being lifted. So you win. We'll talk to you guys next week. Y'all later. He's wearing some yellow, too. I didn't, uh, I, there you go. I, I didn't, I don't own a yellow shirt. So <laughs> I Hello, I am Dr. George Jesus Mesa, a clinical psychologist and collector of Chicano Latinx art. For generations, we have known of the healing powers of art at an individual and community level. Please join us as we interview prominent artists, collectors, curators, and influencers in the world of Chicano Latinx art. We will explore historical, regional, and political influences that impact Chicano Latinx art today. Along with our partners at www.latinoarte.com, we are preserving the colorful and rich history of Chicano Latinx art for future generations, one interview at a time. Please join us at Healing with Dr. George, the power of Chicano Latinx art, wherever you listen to podcasts. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. 
1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Becklass AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.